Hi, this is Parma. Hey, it's Anissa. Uh, we're doing a quick insert uh, here because um, a news came up, um, a, a pretty big scandal in Korea that we wanted to address immediately because it's current news and uh, the rest of the podcast has been recorded about a week earlier. Asaya isn't with us for this segment, but you'll find her in the rest of the um, episode. Um, just a quick trigger warning before we get into this. Um, Refer to the timestamp below if you want to skip this segment, but uh, this news uh, deals with sexual violence and um, like hidden camera and uh, a few other things of that nature. So if that's triggering for you, um, please refer to the timestamp below and just skip this segment. Okay, um, Anissa, you want to tell us what the news is? Uh, yeah, so it's unfortunately not good news. Um, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, they announced they there was a breaking news about uh, Sungri from Big Bang um, being allegations about his nightclub and how it um, they're, they're saying that it was used as a cover for like a prostitution ring and that he would provide drugs as well. And that there were now they're also saying there's like um, ties to the police, um, which is why actually, yes, yeah, right? which, which is why actually this all was not reported to the police. It was reported to, there's this like anti-corruption commission and they are the ones who took the case to the prosecutor's office but then um like i think on the 12th um the 11th or the 12th there was also um a news outlet broke i think it was like sbs something they broke um news about this chat room that had been between sungri um rock singer jung jun young and a few other celebrities who haven't been named yet where they were basically um, Jung Jung was sharing explicit videos um, of like sexual encounters that were taken without his partner's consent and sharing them. Uh, um, and I just read an article this morning that says that in their, um, and this is from Korea Times, um, that they were actually talking about raping women and they were encouraging each other to rape women. And they basically said that they had been doing this, but they don't have video of it. Um, and there's also, some some things in there that hint towards involvement of the police or like connections with the police that would like get get them off of these charges um and also yeah. like these are all from like 2015 2016 and in 2016 Jung Junyan's ex-girlfriend actually sued him for taking a video or like for uploading a video or taking a video without her consent of them you know in a private moment and those charges were eventually thrown out because I think she changed her mind about charging him. I don't know how, whether she actually changed her mind or if that's just a story that we have. And he also said that his phone was in for repairs and he didn't have it. So he didn't provide it to the police for investigation. And it's actually that same repair shop that has shared these records of like these recovered records of these video files and everything with the police now. So these are actually from back then. Um, so both of them have said that they're retiring from the entertainment industry. Sungri is saying that he's going to fully cooperate with the police and Jung Jung has been arrested. Um, and I think he's been charged for illegal videotaping and sharing of these videos. So. Right. Like the charges against Sungri is different though, right? Um, I mean the charges against him are, or the accusations are, have to do with, prostitution um drugs and uh which, which relations with the and bribe 
yeah uh, like bribing the police so that yeah. is still under investigation and sungri for now has um, just announced his voluntary retirement right he basically it it kind of sounded like uh, because i was reading the, uh, the announcement that he made the press release and it kind of sounded like uh, he was absolving yg entertainment of any connections to all of this so, i mean i'm sure he was told in no uncertain terms to do that yeah it by it, yg it, it, yeah like that but they've like from both sides they've basically said that they no longer have a contractual relationship jung junyeon published this article i think or like an apology letter so called but it's a really gross he's basically like admitting to everything that he's been accused of and saying that he's guilty and saying like as a public figure i shouldn't have done this and like i did this with no sense of guilt and i'm really sorry and it's just like really gross it's really gross um right. yeah and i mean i knew he was a sleaze bag after that story came out in 2016 so i used to be a fan of him because like he's a really good singer Um and yeah. he's also on one two days and one night. And um, by the way, he's been dropped from all those TV shows. Um but yeah, after that I was like, "Ew, you're gross." But I didn't realize the extent to how awful he actually was. So yeah. it's 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 kind of disheartening to see. Oh, and the other thing that I was uh re- like I've been reading people's um like some Korean people's what they've been sharing as well on like Twitter and stuff and I mean obviously this is not as it's not as like citable as like journalism that comes out in newspapers but people are saying so this that this is more speculation yeah i think speculation and kind of what the korean public is educated saying educated guess yeah, yeah that that there these um police corruption scandals and like this this is like part of a much larger police uh corruption scandal that has to do with like prostitution and drugs and stuff and it's much bigger than these celebrities um and apparently this is an investigation that's been going on for a while so it's a really huge like i even read this one um thread on twitter by someone who was saying there's like a journalist who was investigating this at the gangnam police station and like taking all of that stuff to a different police station and then he died under mysterious circumstances um and he they said it was a suicide but a lot of people don't believe that so it's it's a very crazy story and i don't know how much of that is true but that's what people are saying oh and the other thing that's like really upsetting is that now there's like there's been all this speculation online about who these women might be because there were some reports that they were like celebrity women in the videos and now and like people have been speculating about who those are and so now there's these actresses whose agencies are basically suing these people for defamation as they should because that's yeah, horrible yeah gosh Ah, yeah. Wow, this thing keeps getting muckier. It keeps getting uglier and more disgusting. Yeah. It's it makes me upset from a I'm not really a big fan of K-pop in general, but like if you look at some of the fan response, especially of international fans who are like, "We still support you, Sungri. You're amazing. Like don't, you know, like fight for justice." I'm just like, "Ew. W- like what's wrong with you?" Ugh. You know something that makes me a bit suspicious um like this news broke around 10th or 11th March right and last week um I think YG Entertainment had announced that Sungri was going to join the army by end of March they yeah. must have suspected that this news was going to come out I wonder although I wonder if they're even going to let him enlist in the army if this I don't think you can not with yeah. not with the criminal record right? and they've both like, been banned from leaving the country So he might just go to jail instead of the army which yeah he it completely sounds like he deserves that 
So, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like they haven't confirmed any of this, but there's reports that like some of the the um the you know this it sounds gross to even say it like this, but some of like the women that he provided, a lot of people are saying that they were actually drugged. Um, so it wasn't just prostitution, but it was like clearly. I mean, if that's what happened, then that's rape. So it's really, yeah. really horrible. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So I, I guess, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? I, I feel like we should. Yeah, no, it's for me, because again, I'm not a big K-pop fan either. It's just news about a horrible person who is a celebrity and got away with something awful he was doing for, they were doing for a pretty long time. But for a lot of K-pop fans, this would be devastating. I mean, I know how many Big Bang fans there are. You really like Big Bang, right? I love Big Bang. I also, I mean, I've never been a fan of Sungri because he always came off as like really fake and like a con man to me. Um, and especially there was a scandal a few years ago where he was, it's a really, it's gross. Like, I don't even want to say it. But anyway, you can you can find it. And if you've been following Big Bang, you know the scandal. But it's, like, it's disgusting. Um, and after that, I was like, well, I already didn't like you, but you're definitely, like, nasty. Um, so I'm not, like, personally disappointed or hurt. It's just, like, gross that he's a member of this, probably the one K-pop band that I actually kind of stand. That's, But, I mean, I feel like that is, like, nothing in the face of the actual victims of this story. I just hope that they get justice and, you know that people don't like expose their identities and make their life hell. I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Somehow the story always goes from the perpetrator to the victim shaming. It's just, um, yeah. I think it's also important to point out that this is, um, and I was reading like an opinion piece on one of the English language Korean newspapers about this, but that like a lot of like professors and people who are involved with like me too and things are saying that this is an indication of how widespread and I mean, we already knew that this, the spy cam thing was really widespread. And this is related to that because Jung Jun Young did take these videos like secretly without the women's consent. And so um, I think people are pushing for like using this incident to show how widespread and accepted it is. Um, and that it's not just because, you know, they always whenever any kind of um, story about sexual violence comes out, there's always this sort of push from certain people to make it sound like it's just a few really bad guys and it's not a systemic yeah. problem. But a lot, of, I think a lot of women in Korea um, and like academics and scholars are saying like, this is a really good indication that we should all like sort of wait, like open our eyes to the fact that this is a widespread problem in, yeah. in the culture among men. Because if you read the, <clears throat> they were saying, if you read the transcript or if you look at what they were actually saying, there's no sense of like shame or like, hesitance or anything like and even you know like even the celebrities who like need to be careful about their image feel like no sense of discomfort. no they, they clearly yeah. thought they were in a safe space safe space quote-unquote right. um for their kind of people yeah yeah it's like with hollywood and how all of this was just an open secret and nobody cared and they felt like they're untouchable so pretty much but what is interesting about this particular case um or rather what is different and what might make a difference is that this is not a he said she said situation like other stories um that have come up uh, especially through the me too uh movement in korea um so yeah i mean nobody the thing is that you can't just say that the women made the story up you you don't have that uh excuse here 
Yeah. I hope that the other people in that chat also get like exposed for the scum that they are. So yeah. I guess the story will keep developing. So we'll probably talk about it next month. And we'll probably talk about this in more detail. Maybe we'll do like a men behaving badly part two at some point. So let's catch up on this uh, next month if there are um, there is more news um, on this. And yeah. Otherwise, let's just segue back to the pre-recorded segment. Now. Yeah. Okay. Hey everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parma. And welcome to our second episode of What's Up in Dramaland. Are we messing up the numbers? What? No, <laughs> but you know, it's the second episode and I'm just so happy we have the second episode. But- it's gonna be like episode 30 something or something when it goes out yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay yeah. so ignore the number moving on <laughs> no it's fine so it's it's what's up in Drummerland in february okay and maybe a bit of march maybe a bit of january but just know, current affairs february. you know how they go <laughs> right it's february's fault for being so short yeah well we talked about uh drama fever the whole drama fever situation a while back before what's up in Drummerland was a thing um so I thought maybe it would be interesting because there's been a whole bunch of stuff in the news lately with um, AT&T to, to get an up-down, an up-down, <laughs> to get an update. Lowdown. <laughs> I'm hungry. Update plus a lowdown. <laughs> I'm eating. We're creating new words. <laughs> this is staying in, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. an update uh, on the AT&T situation post the Brahma fever shutdown okay so there's been a whole lot of stuff in the news lately um so back um when everything was going down AT&T said they'd be rolling out a new streaming service by the end of 2019 uh, and that was the reason that they closed down Brahma fever and also Filmstruck um after they acquired Warner Media, which owned both um so um not long after that i think it was like january or something i came across the news that filmstruck's library had actually been acquired by the criterion channel um Mm. who are launching a streaming service of their own um and it's basically the whole library has been saved thanks to a campaign um led by a group of filmmakers and actors like I think Steven Spielberg, Ryan Johnson, Guillermo del Toro, Leonardo DiCaprio, loads of people signed this open letter. Was it an open letter? It was a letter. Yeah, I think Um, it was an open letter. Yeah. um, So Filmstruck effectively has been saved, although not in the same, um, uh, what is it called? Not in the same form that it it once existed. Right. But all of their library is going to like carry on living. So that that's interesting. Um, and what struck me about that is that they that Filmstruck had time for that. And with Drama Fever, the like the shutdown was so like summary, it was so immediate and like without warning that there was never any time for anyone to try to save Drama Fever. So I don't think that they of, thought anyone would even care. Right, exactly. I honestly yeah. um I'm I I feel that there's uh, some kind of racism unconscious or otherwise behind that whole idea who would even care about korean dramas mm. like who watches that stuff anyway like koreans who cares about them right or like um, weird weird ladies in their basements it's also it's also related to like women's entertainment which i think is also right. so much lower That's in prestige so than like yeah, yeah it's not highbrow enough yeah so true. it's not film yeah, it's not classic cinema yeah. right exactly so i mean 
there's a whole lot of number stuff going on here. The AT&T stock value has fallen like 15% uh, over five years, while Netflix has seen a 480% rise. And that's like a, that's a pretty staggering number. Um, so AT&T also, they have a current streaming service called DirecTV, which they launched, uh, launched? I can't speak today. They launched in 2016. Um, and for the first time, they recorded a fall in subscribers for that service. Um, and this is bearing in mind that AT&T is trying to um, compete against Netflix and Amazon. And the big one is the upcoming uh, Disney Plus service, mm. um, which is like, you know, everyone is thinking it's going to be huge because brand name value, yeah. because of the content and everything. Um, and that's, you know, again, that's why they shut everything down in the first place. and. So what AT&T is trying to do right now is build this sort of one-stop streaming shop. Um, and so they've been in talks with uh, NBC Universal to license their content for the new service. And if you look at the numbers, I'm just going to read a, a little quote from one of the articles. So if Warner Media had greater access to NBC Universal's content, it could launch a streaming service service with 12,000 combined movies, 5,000 TV shows from Warner Media, and 100,000 episodes of old and new shows from NBCU, all of which would dwarf Netflix's offering of fewer than 6,000 combined movies and TV shows. So that's like, you know, on paper, it looks like it could swallow Netflix whole. Um, even though people like Netflix more, and even though Netflix has an 11-year head start, Netflix are still very much in deficit. It's costing them a whole lot more to acquire and produce content, and because they're doing it all from scratch, whereas AT&T, which is a telecom company, um, has all of that infrastructure in place and all of the other properties that AT&T owns. And they so for own them, it's medium on which it's being brought exactly, past, which is a really strange conflict of interest that somehow the U.S. government has just like approved. I don't know what they were thinking, but anyway, that's another that's another and, issue. And there's the yeah, and the more recent news, which is about the. Anissa, do you want to take this part? AT&T has taken over channels like HBO, TNT. Um, like these channels that sort of have their own brand of content where like HBO shows have a certain prestige and they have a certain flavor to them and people subscribe to just HBO mm -hmm. um, because they I think like they're really relying on HBO to bring in the subscribers as well, especially with stuff like Game of Thrones. But what they've done is they've taken, especially these four channels, I can't remember the other two names, but they're like big name channels. And they basically, they used to be run independently with their own CEOs kind of making independent creative decisions. And now they've brought them all under this large umbrella with like, and they're reporting to this CEO um, and HBO's CEO that has been there for 30 years and basically like led HBO into the, you know, throughout, like, I mean, we all know what has happened with HBO over the last 30 years. Um, he resigned um, and the Turner CEO also resigned. So they're just like, we don't have the creative freedom that we want and we're not staying around because this isn't the channel that we built and it's not what we want to do. So they have left. So I don't know what kind of consequences this is going to have for like the, the TV programming that people love. And I don't think this is good for creativity in general because everything is just becoming number driven. Like, yeah. And it's all being yeah. absorbed by this gigantic entity that wants to like mm. sort of homogenize everything. So, and like, I remember reading. Wouldn't that ultimately backfire? <clears throat> it would, but I don't think AT&T is like smart enough to realize that. <laughs> but you know what? They that's what's this, happening uh, in Vegas. There was an, 
that's what's happening is in various industries in america your um, anti monopoly laws seems to have gone for a toss at this point like you have it just every yeah, company is well, calling up other power so yeah republicans don't care about that kind of but stuff but it didn't start with republicans man it started in the previous actually it started it, it's been happening in the last two um governments as far as i can tell i i don't think even the government in power is particularly relevant i mean it's kind of no but i mean in general I, we've been heading towards this like um more power for corporations less power for people yeah. and that's just like l- like less government regulation more rights for rich people Big less business. rights mm-hmm. for poor people yeah so it's just very so to bring it back to k drama and like especially with this like disney fox <laughs> <laughs> merger it's a lot of stuff but i think i feel like i heard somebody um talking about this a few weeks back and they were saying that it might be that netflix might go the same way that AOL went where it was like they were the ones who started this new thing that everyone copied and they had a really good idea um but eventually everyone else will just do it better and they'll yeah. have more money than them and they'll just get swallowed up and i feel like that's probably yeah. what happened to netflix which is sad because but it it needs to be pointed out thing. that AOL was never as big as netflix has become and i see that more because of look the content that you're talking about is america specific all of the movies that you're talking about this is america specific data the content that they have in oh, india the original yeah. content that in netflix mm. is creating in india is amazing and i i have watched pretty much all of the uh, netflix originals that they have created here and they are giving chance to just and amazon prime as well they they both doing amazing work yeah, that's that's the sort of their big advantage over like a uh, him of like um, well, and, no and even in the US like they are creating really great shows and really great movies but they're rich that they can't the expect, they can't continuously spend this much money and it's mm-hmm. sad because they are giving a lot of opportunities to like minority creators who might not have had a chance in like a regular studio system but i don't know how sustainable it is i don't either i don't really, really understand I mean, they're, they're their... still in the part of their growth where they're spending rather than profiting so yeah. they they are not like they're still in that time where you're in the red and you're going to be for like several years until it starts becoming Yeah. Profitable. But I mean with the launch of like every service yeah, every which perhaps they're having its own to be in that service. position right now See, yeah, that exactly. yeah. And they're losing the content that they previously uh, previously licensed to to the owners who are now like sort of taking Yeah. The, Uh, and everyone's back. taking everything back and now you're going to have to like subscribe to everything and right because they like, want a piece of the the streaming pie right right and then it's just going to be like cable again we're paying 100 a month yeah that oh, is that God. is kind of what's happening here right now because we have like these several um streaming sites uh, competing you have netflix you have amazon who have like the major big ones but for local uh, te- television shows and stuff or uh, movies you have to go to hotstar or z5 and then there is just mm-hmm. this plethora of original content coming out on these sites and not all of them are worth watching but it's just that they are competing really hard but two years ago or two and a half years ago when netflix first came here and i think i signed up within a month of netflix launching just because i wanted one legitimate place where i was streaming stuff but um <laughs> that was that was then and hardly anybody had netflix at that point and then two years on i do i i'm not meeting anyone in my circle who doesn't have netflix it's it's the the way it's grown in this country is exponential 
So I don't know at what point mm. they would start making a profit, but I'm assuming that growth like this is not something that just any uh, streaming service can come and copy. It, it's going to be really hard. And I think what's interesting about what you're saying is maybe the thing that will help them survive is the fact that they've like connected people with international shows in a way that no True. other streaming service really good is really point. doing. Because because yeah. here you have like Amazon Prime, mostly just American stuff. And then you have, if you want to watch TV, then you have to sign up for like Hulu or Hulu Plus where you can watch like live TV and, you know, like all the American TV shows, like NBC shows, you can like stream them all, like complete seasons, all that stuff. But Netflix is the only one that's really doing this thing of like bringing content from other countries and there's an audience. And for it. let's talk about the Korean dramas that have come to Netflix because I'm seeing a lot of older Korean dramas on Netflix and I wasn't expecting that. I'm seeing everything from... Yeah, but do you know what this is? This is Drama Fever's Lost License. Yeah, of course. Been, like, but I like that Netflix, Netflix has stepped in and picked like, up. This is all like a... Right, but it's more kind of, I mean, it's... Drama Viva sh- part of the shutdown is down to Netflix. Um, yeah. on, They're on part, the part of the reason that Drama Fever couldn't. Like, I'm not willing anymore. to give Netflix credit for getting these licenses because basically you killed the old one to get these. And I yeah, really I, mean, don't, I, I really yeah. don't think that's justified because we remember the we remember the uh, uh, data back then, like when, in the last time when we were talking about this. And while Drama Fever, they were incurring, it's not so much that they were incurring losses, it's just that the, the, the money... No, it's not that. You, um, this is, you remember Netflix is uh, the reason that the license fees became astronomical. But isn't Cocoa the reason that the license fee actually became astronomical? No, I mean, Cocoa, well, they're the people asking for the money, but Netflix is the one paying it. But Netflix had if, very If someone few, is willing to pay ne- that amount... Netflix had very few... Um, Right, so they tried to buy the hottest dramas and they pushed the prices up so much. But we can make that argument about new dramas. What about the old ones? I mean, drama fever already had. Well, now now those. Yeah, but those licenses are just like unused now. They've like, you know, they've popped out of the machine and now they're there for the taking. But one of the reasons drama fever was so popular was because of of the older dramas. Was because of their old catalog. Yeah, because they had a really huge catalog of old classic dramas and just just older dramas. That's what I miss the most about Drama Fever yeah, is the yeah. older stuff. So you could just like go back and watch Coffee Prince anytime. So you can do that on Netflix or now. Like, it's it's on Netflix. I was watching Nice Guy. Yeah. The nice Guy is... They're not, you know... A while back. But you know what though? Like Drama Fever was mostly in the US, I think, right? Yeah, definitely. US and um, UK. But I, I can't... I don't... I'm, But like I don't actually have that many Korean dramas on American Netflix. Really? So I don't know what happened to the American licenses that Drama Fever had that are no longer. I mean, I am seeing somewhat more, and like Romance's bonus book is airing like weekly. Yeah. And, I mean, there are some newer things, and they've added like Me Sang and Reply 1997, like the big ones, yeah. a few mm-hmm. big ones. But they don't have that much of a library. Like it hasn't increased that much. So that's interesting, and also also backs up my point that Drama that Netflix is not the reason that Drama Fever shut down. <laughs> Because no, no, it's not the reason that it shut down. It's the reason that the license but fees it, went. See, drama fever was never drama fever was never in India, and you have a a pretty uh, respectable library of Korean dramas suddenly uh, available in India right now. I'm, I'm there's probably a good fifty or sixty dramas there right now, and these are all popular dramas that we like watching, not just irrelevant stuff that nobody oh, watch. Wow. 
yeah i mean i think I, I can see that we're all having a different perspective because of our our, our access has changed yeah. like for me mm. um vicky is my main point of access for drummers right and because of drummer fever uh, and because of like the and uh, netflix and the way that the licenses were uh, being um distributed slash bought vicky wasn't getting licenses for shows for so long like there's this whole stretch last year like a, a whole 18 months or so yeah but vicky wasn't getting any of the licenses oh yeah so, um yeah and like you know the effects i think i different. actually stopped going to vicky because they didn't have very many of the shows that i wanted so to i'm watch. going so to I just stop. i'm going to vicky right now for reach of sincerity and for the last empress and for one other drama that i'm watching in completely escapes me but yeah and orange marmalade is on netflix it it just popped up last week <laughs> which is why I started but yeah, my guess is that anisa that. wouldn't have access no, it to it wouldn't so which which is why your which is why your point not. is so so valid that our perspectives are different before our, because our access is so different whereas drama mm-hmm. fever was one of the main points of access for anisa and and audiences in in uh, us for me i didn't have any of this access before it had to be bootleg and yeah. i didn't i didn't really enjoy doing that and now i can pay for subscriptions to netflix and wiki and this is this is good for me so i i can't really be resentful of it Hmm, interesting. That's fair. I feel like yeah. we could probably spend the whole session yeah, talking about yeah, this. Yeah, but we should move on. Or, yeah, we don't or, have. Or maybe just finish relevantly with the last question of where do you think that leaves drama fever? Like, do you think it will be revived or is it gone forever? Um, I don't know if now that it's been cancelled that it can really come back because I feel like, like you guys are saying, that empty space is kind of being filled in by the other services. So I don't know if, if they do decide to, like, re- and I don't think that Warner Media, once they start their streaming service, are going to have a priority of like, oh yeah, we should re-add those Korean dramas back. To because they did for all the other ones. They like they had intentions of absorbing all the others, including Filmstruck, into their new um, service, but they just didn't. Right, do that. but I mean, what are they going to try to license first? The DC movies or Korean dramas? Like I would <laughs> go for Batman if I was Warner Media first, you know. Although I guess they own Batman. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next all right. Thing. Second news item. The Hoyagi writers, the Hung sisters, the famous one, Hong Jong-un and um, Hong Miran, have been cleared of the plagiarism charges. If people were aware that they were being sued for plagiarism was in the first place, um, and they plan to sue their accuser for libel. Um, so the story is that there was a webtoon author who goes oh. under the name Tangyeon, uh, I think. Um, uh, and she filed an accusation that they'd ripped their story off from her webtoon, which is called Ayugi, um, and she took legal action against them. Um, but it turns out, uh, as in, I mean, the thing, it's based on the, uh, what is it called? Uh, Journey, from, Journey from the West? <clears throat> Journey to the West, yeah. Journey, so. to, Journey to the West. <laughs> Journey to the West, which is a classic Chinese mm. um, novel. Um, so the both drawing from the same source material and they did this whole like they examined both things and the Hong sisters um said that they had begun their planning for this drama before that webtoon published so it it all kind of went down and and they've been cleared yeah that'd be um, like trying to say you adapted cinderella the same way i did <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous yeah. and like it, it might be true but it'd be really hard to prove 
Yeah, and in this case, I think they managed to actually prove that they did start their their work before mm -hmm. um, the webtoon had released, um, and now they're planning to uh, sue their sue what? <laughs> how, how, how do you say that? <laughs> sue the person who sued them mm. um, for defamation. Which is a system that's um, a bit messed up, though. I mean, I, I guess in this particular case, it works out, but especially in sexual assault cases, it just, it's it's massively messed up that this is even, yeah. Right. Korea's uh, uh, libel laws, hold on, let me find out where I've written this. So Korea has this uh, defamation law, which is interesting. So libel is a crime, um, and stating the truth can still be an offense if it's deemed to have tarnished one's social reputation. Um, uh, that's a quote from a different article I was reading. So yeah, it's under kind of... so even if you did the thing, you can sue that person back for like um, damaging your image, yeah. even if you had actually committed the thing in question. Um, in other Hung Sisters news, they have a new fantasy romance drama in the works called Hotel de Luna, which is courting uh, IU and Yojin Gu to star. That's a pairing I'd normally find really exciting, but I've stopped being excited for their work for a while for I the agree. same reason as yeah, I just the reason I'm quitting some Jijin dramas. dramas. Yeah, can't trust them anymore. Nope. So the new fantasy drama will tell the story of the supernatural phenomena that occur at the mysterious Hotel de Luna, where ghosts wander the halls. Yojingu has been offered the leading role of the elite hotelier, of course he's elite, <laughs> mm. who, due to a stroke of fate, ends up running the hotel. Meanwhile, Ayu has been offered the role of a woman who's fallen under a curse as punishment for her wrongdoings. Okay, that, and yeah, it look, that, that sounds a, a bit like Master's Son, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but then but that, not that was one of the better dramas. So. Yeah. No, but yeah. then again, uh, I think the I think what was it? The greatest love. I think that was their best. Were they also the ones who wrote "You're Beautiful"? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, that that. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're I, I, I don't think you mean that. P. You're beautiful is the best. Yeah, the greatest <laughs> love has some like uh, ending problems for me, at least. Oh yeah. Episode fourteen. I was like, what? Okay. The but no, in, in general, I really like Greatest Love and how they dealt with all the characters. But yeah, and Master's Son was not my favorite, but again, interesting. So I don't know. Wayogi eh, wasn't their best yeah. effort. They have a second half problem. Yeah. <clears throat> and we didn't watch the one that can't be named. Or oh, I didn't. Did you guess? Which, which one? Can't? Oh, I did not. No way am I going to watch that. <laughs> oh, I watched that. Um, I heard. I was so like, no. bad. It was so bad. And I just, I didn't, I swore them off after that. I haven't <laughs> oh, watched anything who, of theirs. Oh, that was uh, Gong Yu and Su Suzy? Yes. So right. terrible. Yeah. So I don't want to see Gong Yu brought Even down like that. sound right. <laughs> yeah. Poor Gong Yu. Okay. Okay. Third piece of news. Um, uh, so the next couple of items is uh, law related. So Chemin Su, who was most recently, I think, in Lawless Lawyer, he's been indicted for, uh, in a road rage incident. Um, kind of interesting, I didn't realize, is that he has a history of violent behavior. Um, so that's the latest for him. I've gone um, off of him after Man Who Dies to Live anyway. Yeah. I don't Although, like I feel like, because um, he, he was a lawless lawyer, I feel like it's okay to watch him be a villain. I don't have to like him. I can just mm. hate him comfortably. But the, the other thing I wonder about that is that 
is he to be blamed for that role? I don't, I don't because, really think I mean, so. Because most no. artists are, are, are tend to be a bit tone deaf about the larger implications of the story being told. Right. I feel like that's more the, of a, a writer show yeah, issue. Yeah, I agree. Especially because generally I like Cho Min Soo uh, in the character. But he does very... I don't know that he has a lot Weird. of variety. Jack Sparrow-ish characters. Yeah, he does interesting, yeah. he does interesting characters. But he, he does have a history of getting in trouble with, uh, or rather fighting with his producers. I think he got thrown off a show at one point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he has got anger management issues. And I feel like he, he harnesses a lot of that for his roles as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember a while back? Uh, I think this is a uh, Namgungmin when he was doing all of those villain roles, and he was like he had to stop doing them uh, because they were affecting him personally. Yeah. I wonder how much of that affects like actors in general, the ones who do these sort of complicated villain roles. And I was how watching that bleeds into them. Yeah, I was watching um, an interview with an actress, and I don't remember what actress it was. It wasn't one that like I had really known anything about, but she had been in like one of those shouty screamy slappy daily weekend dramas with like mother-in-laws and like daughter-in-laws and like drama and she was saying that she's like her personality is not like that but this is the first time she played a villain who like screams and shouts a lot and she's like I never screamed like that in my life before but like since the drama ended I found myself losing my temper a lot more easily and it's like changed my personality I was like oh that's not good (laughs) so I guess it does like Acting a certain way, it affects you, you know. Okay. Okay. So so the next part of that is, uh, remember uh, Kim Ki-duk and his uh, sexual assault accusations and stuff? Mm. So he retaliated to that um, with a claim of defamation and the prosecution threw it out. So Yay! Yes. Yay! Yes! <laughs> Justice for once. Maybe this is the beginning of change for that particular law. Um, because clearly it needs overhauling. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and there was that, like, K-pop group who were, like, severely abused by their, you know, CEO yeah. and stuff, too. And oh, the I East think they Light. had to be careful about how they... Yeah. yeah, the East Light. They had to be careful about how they talked about it as well because of defamation laws. So maybe all these issues coming up around the same time. And, like, it, it creates a problem in telling the truth because you can be sued for that and that can ruin yeah. you if you're not you know powerful or have some kind of backing right it entrenches the power imbalance even more exactly so that's dark stuff on to light stuff <laughs> so you guys will enjoy this one um sky castle stars kimbora and jo byung i don't know who these people are oh, i'll confirm to be the cuties <laughs> Yay! <laughs> These are the the teenagers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the teenagers. I think so. Oh, but it sounds very cute, yeah. and like everybody's happy for them. Yeah, and yeah. this one I do know. So the next one is Ipilmo uh, gets married. Um, the, uh, Ipilmo, the teacher from school 2017, also Kep from Pinocchio. Oh, um, you know, Ijim. Yeah. I also really loved him as one of the, I think maybe the oldest or the second brother in Sons of Soul Pharmacy House was like a really. It's like a five-year-old family drama, which I really enjoyed. Ooh, I know the name, but I haven't watched it. Oh, didn't yeah. know he was in that. He was really good in that. I really like him. <clears throat> Me he, too. He was kind of gruff, warm characters. Yeah, and like this whole, this dating show is like, it's interesting because they like date on the show for a hundred days. And then after that, they can decide whether they want to like meet each other in real life or not. And like, 
the fact that they actually got married is so cute. Right. Apparently, this is like a first because as as popular as dating shows are in Korea, people they kind of move on from them. But like he he met his um now wife on the show and, and they got married. That's and they're so adorable. <laughs> Go watch the clips from their their wedding. It's so cute. Oh, I will. I will. I saw the pictures, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go and look for the videos afterwards. Yeah. Yes. And so the last happy news is um, as in not the last ever happy news, <laughs> but the last in my list. <laughs> uh, um, Kim Tae and Rain are expecting their second child. Oh, Yay. congratulations to them. Yeah. I'm sure it will be extremely beautiful. <laughs> but it's more nobody surprised. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they're also lovely people, so I'm sure it'll they'll be yeah yeah they'll be good again. So a few quick hits, just like gonna go through them really quickly. And yourself, you know, um, Chan from Thirty But Seventeen is confirmed to star opposite uh, Pug Boyung in a new TV and fantasy romance called Abyss. Yay! I'm very excited. I don't even care what the premise is. I, yeah, I don't care. I just want to see them together. I usually am <laughs> very like I don't watch things for particular <laughs> actors, but like I don't care. I'm watching this. Even <laughs> it's a dumb premise. Read the premise. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. Um, So it's a drama about a magical marble that has the power to reincarnate the souls of the dead as entirely different people. Um, So Anhyosop is going to, his role is to be a highly intelligent heir to Korea's top cosmetics company, um, but he's insecure about his looks. And the mysterious marble, which is named Abyss, falls into his hands and he ends up reincarnated as a stunningly handsome administrator of a law firm. Of course he does. And also (laughs) he somehow manages to make Pak Bohyung reincarnate. Who knows how, but this marble is mysterious. Anyway, I'm watching this because it will be right. And who cares? The premise is ridiculous. <laughs> but it's gonna be so cute. Oh my right. god. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So next thing, uh, do you remember how um, Hajima and Andre we were about the Jung and possible mm-hmm. reunion with Sunyajin? Yeah. So averted. That's averted. But. Uh, the con- uh, the casting has been confirmed again same people same director um but the leads will be jung hyun with han ji min um and it's a spring rom-com not gonna watch it okay the thing that made me laugh in a in a way that was like really not funny but terrible was <laughs> that the article was like they're raising expectations of another good romantic comedy i was like Wait, that whole another? sentence the <laughs> whole sentence is like what? all kinds of everything about it to give context to people who don't realize why we are appalled about this is that this is the pretty nuna production team and pretty nuna had nosedived into great to awful like really really fast well it wasn't a (laughs) rum and it wasn't 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 that that was also exactly like everything about it is just uh, there yeah. was romance in it, but it wasn't romantic. Oh, and there was there was little to no calm. Where was the calm? Exactly. A very yeah, yeah. no calm. Mm. All right. <laughs> so last things, adaptations and renewals. So the villainous, uh, the film, the which Korean I film loved. villainous, which I think Burma, Oh, you yeah. did actually watch it because we talked yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. Um, so that's about to be adapted into a U.S. series, um, which is going to be set in L.A. It's a film about a woman who's been trained as an assassin since childhood. Sounds good. Um, Snowpiercer, another Korean film from 2013, is going to be adapted uh, also uh, after the pilot was picked up in January. 
Um, in the opposite direction, the US show, Designated Survivor, which was, uh, uh, the original was really popular in Korea thanks to Netflix. That's coming to TVN with Ji Jin cast in the lead role um, as an official who's put in charge to run the country during a state of emergency. And that's set to, je- uh, that's set to air before June. This that sounds year. like perfect casting. Yeah. I actually don't know anything about the show, so... <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, I can you just see it? him as like a reluctant politician who is now leading the country. I haven't. I just know what the <laughs> oh, Jijin Ire. Actually, yeah. I, I mean, it's like it stars yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, so you know that vibe. I also don't recall if I've watched that dude in anything either. Okay, I've abandoned American <laughs> it's TV. Fine. It's fine. I'm very unknowledgeable right now. That's totally <laughs> um, fine. So next thing, second season of um, OCN's. 2017 extremely creepy psychological thriller Save Me uh, is in development. Um, the first season had Jo Sung-ha starring as a creepy cleric, had Soyeji, Taekyun, Udohan, and other people who I can't remember. It's about a family who loses all their money and moves to a small town in the middle of nowhere where they fall under the sway of an extreme and very, very, very creepy religious <laughs> cult. And that's all I know about it because I got to episode four last year and I was too scared. Too yeah, scared. I remember how much everybody loved this, but I refused to even watch one episode it's I'm not, scary yeah, no. terrible things just keep on happening nope. but um obviously i have to catch up so i can watch the second season which is set to air in the first half of this nope. year <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rest of us have no such ambitions i'll keep you updated <laughs> yeah, exactly. that reason it makes zero sense so i am who said it had to make sense? It just needs to... Oh, I'll see. Maybe I'll be too scared. <laughs> um, last thing, um, Must uh, Singer, um, the US version, has been renewed by Fox for a second season. It was the uh, highest rated new series um, for the 2018 yeah, Speaking of things that don't simple. make sense, I just yeah. don't like that at all. I feel like one of us should... Take the plunge and watch this. Not me. I'm opting out. <laughs> it's going to be you and Issa. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, the fun thing is that literally today, NBC's just announced that the um, King of Moscow is going to be adapted for uh, European audiences as well. So France, Germany, and uh, the Netherlands um, will be doing their own versions of it. Hmm. I guess when it comes to the UK... I may, I will not check it out. I'm sure I don't really watch music talent shows. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really either, unless they're Korean. But um, yeah, I, th- I don't yeah, have I think any basically desire established to watch we only watch stuff. <laughs> I don't have any desire to watch a poor replica of an of a Korean a fantastic music original. Show. Yeah, exactly. I think that wraps up our news, though. Did yeah. I do that fast enough? <laughs> you were amazing. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I tripped over about 20% of the words, but yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm like always in awe of how fast you can talk. It's amazing. So next up, we have upcoming dramas in March. So this is like not a super exciting month. Um, just a note about stuff that we've already talked about. We mentioned Possessed and Big Issue in the February upcoming, but because of certain scheduling issues, they've both been moved to March. So um, I don't recall us being super excited about that because one is called Possessed um, and the other one is just about paparazzi <laughs> following up. someone. Yeah. So, um, so the new ones that we haven't talked about, the first one is called He is Psychometric. And it's starting yeah. on March 11th on TVN. It will be 16 episodes. And it's got 
Park Jin Young and Shin Yeun, both of whom I've like don't really know much about. <clears throat> I think Park Jin Young is an idol. But um, the premise is that uh, Leon has the ability to read people's secrets, but he has trouble controlling this power. He meets a woman who tries her best to hide her secrets. They team up to bring down criminals. Is this like a dark version of I Hear Your Voice? <laughs> Perhaps. But I don't think I, it's a Nuna romance. Yeah, I mean, it might be good. good. If they, if they get the thriller part right, it doesn't need a romance. It's down to execution, I think, mm. or writing, really. I also don't know much about these actors and if they're, like, good. So I guess we'll see. Well, we'll find out when it starts whether it's good or not. Yes. <laughs> um, the next one is starting on March 16th on OCN, and it's called Kill It. And that's all the information that I have, but I feel like that pretty <laughs> much that tells sums you. it up, too. Yeah, it sums <laughs> it up, right? It's starring Jung Kyung and Nana, so. Everyone's excited uh, okay. about this one, right? Which one? Because they Kill love it? Jung Kyung. Yeah. I haven't or seen you... him in anything, so um, I think not enough to get me to watch an OCN drama called Kill It. That was very popular. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Come Here and Hug Me. Oh, and my okay. so he was in both of those. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, what is it called? Uh, Go Back Spouses. None of which I have watched. He was uh, in The Liar and His Lover, one of the band members. I also haven't seen Ooh, that. Oh, I have seen that. We, but we I can't remember his actor name. Um, hold on, let me look this up. He was... I will not know him uh, by his the character drummer. name. The drummer, the drummer. You know. Uh, Drama. If okay. you remember who that is, you probably don't. Hey, actually, <laughs> I do remember the drama, but hold on for a second just to check if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, this dude. I do remember. He was he was pretty much hurting himself practicing hard. Yeah. Oh okay. that guy. Cool. Oh okay. But anyway, apparently he was really good in, I, thought, in I thought you were gonna say he was hurting himself trying to act. <laughs> <laughs> I remember no because I remember like I didn't watch it but I remember everyone saying oh like this is really enjoyable but the cast is really green and they're just like yeah they're, yeah. they're they were very green, green in a good way it's not, okay yeah exactly <laughs> they, were, they were fresh so yeah, that was nice exactly. but no I don't think the drama had like a very nuanced character anyway so he was just one of the team members and the entire story was about how the lead wasn't very good at understanding his team members. Like mm-hmm. he was trying to lead, but he wasn't doing a good job of, you know, keeping the team uh, unity going. Yeah. Well, okay. We can't. We can't all be uh, shut up, flower boy band. Right? <laughs> oh, can anyone be? Okay. No one can be. Oh, that's true. Just sorry to randomly go off topic for a second. Have you guys seen the Japanese drama Shark? No. No. Oh, apparently it. Uh, mirrors some of it's not quite based on Shutflower Band, but apparently it has a lot of things in common, like you know, the death of the uh, someone important in the band in the beginning, and then how the main character goes on to sort of deal with that. Um, oh, it's been on my list for like literally the moment I finished Shutflower Boy Band, and I think I got to three episodes and I stopped because it was too good. And Ooh, I need to you do that too? my emotions. <laughs> yes. It's such a weird problematic thing. I, I know. So strange. Oh. Biggest problem with that is that you, you pause and then you never go back. So you've actually deprived yourself of a good drama. <laughs> the next one is airing on March 20th on KBS and it's called Doctor Prisoner. It stars Nam Gung Min, Nara, Kim Byung Chul. And it's a story about a doctor who was fired by a hospital he used to work for and returns to take revenge and overtakes that hospital 
by registering himself as a prisoner doctor. And just to say that Kim Young-ja is the ghost from Goblin. Yes. <laughs> and also the law professor dad in Sky Castle. And I love him. He's so good. Yeah. Also, is, like is this like the medical... Is this like the medical version of um, books who has returned? <laughs> <laughs> if it was, that would be great. Although the title is giving With me weird flashbacks to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh God! Yeah. So was I thought this was like a sequel or something. Yeah. Oh, that would be horrible. The one that imp- uh, fixes everything the first one did wrong. Well, I love Namgung Min as well, so I'm probably gonna check it out. Unless it's, like, yeah. really dark. Well, I like Revenge, so I think I may check it out. But then I've, I realized that I said the last several months uh, that I'd check out so many things and I just haven't had time. So yeah, I intend we to always do to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. One yeah. day someone will pay us to watch dramas, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> confession. <laughs> okay, the next one. I'm not confessing. The next one's actually called Confession. <laughs> it's on March 23rd. On TVN, 16 episodes, um, and it stars Juno. Yes, I love Juno. Um, Yoo Jae Myung, Shin Hyun Bin. So um, Yoo Jae Myung is the guy from uh, Forest of Secrets, right? Yeah, he plays the the chief prosecutor yeah. who ends yeah. up being one of the main this looks antagonists. Good. Yeah, I and like Juno is amazing. The of revenge coming up. Yeah, I need yeah. to clear my palette mm. from uh, Walk of Love as well. So, so this is basically about a lawyer who. He becomes a lawyer in order to clear his father's name, who's been wrongly accused of murder. It sounds pretty typical. So again, yeah. again it's all down to the execution. Yeah. And then um, the last thing on my list is Laughter in Waikiki 2, which is airing on March 26th, which is, I feel, quite a quick turnaround for season two, right? Like, they, we don't usually get them this quickly. So um, it's, got, it's starring Lee Kyung, mm-hmm. Kim Sun-ho, Shin Hyun-soo, Moon Ga-young, an Sohee, Kim Ye-won, and Lee Kang is actually the only one who's returning from season one. Yeah, they all sounded solid, new to me. Solid cast, though. Yeah, it is a solid cast, but I mean, I can see being sad if you really enjoyed the first season's yeah. cast. So, yeah. I didn't but watch I, it, but... I think they uh, the reason for the fast uh, turnaround for the sequel, partly, I think, is that they pretty much confirmed it as soon as season the first uh, season ended. So... And of course, Kim Jong Hyun just—he's not working right now because mm. of his health. So, of course. yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and that would probably take Jung In Sun out of the picture because her storyline was with him. Mm. Um, and who does that leave? There was one more person, but yeah, yeah. I, I think Lee Kang's got it in him to lead the show now. I think he had kind of taken over that in in the first season, if I'm not wrong, which I haven't fully watched, but I've um, read a, a fair bit about. Yeah, so, so in this be... one, basically, he's running a guest house by himself. He's an unpopular actor. Oh. It's sad because he was an unpopular <laughs> actor in the beginning for season two. Um, and then just, like, it's facing bankruptcy again. And then there's just, like, a bunch of friends that he brings in to help him run and to invest in shenanigans, you know, <laughs> comedy. I'm sure it'll be funny. Everybody oh, and he really was, enjoyed the first season. He was so good from, um, what's it called, as well, Red Moon, Blue Sun. Uh, what's it called? Children, uh, children of Lala? Nobody. Children of nobody. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that you were really impressed with him in that. Oh, he was always. Good. I've always noticed him to be very good, even when he was a new actor in like school. Didn't he start out in yeah school twenty thirteen? Thirteen. Yeah, that's the first time I saw him. I think I need to go back and watch that just to see all of those little faces when they were fresh and new. 
That was the first drama I ever live watched. Because I'd resisted it for so long, like live watchings, like, you know, there's so much stuff to watch. Mine was Secret Garden and it was like crack. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) It was so addictive. It was ridiculous. Okay, that's all the March upcoming dramas. As usual, like, you know, I don't include like daily soap operas and, you know, those kinds of prime time. Yeah. Yeah. But are you guys guys looking forward to watching any of these? Because I can't. I don't really think there's much for me to Not watch. Really? Except maybe the Nungun main one. Yeah. I might but watch I Confession. Or not Confession. Doctor Prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to try uh <laughs> Doctor Stranger Psychometric. <laughs> I'm just gonna start calling it Doctor Stranger. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> Who knows? We might reconvene in a month and I'll just be like, I've just been watching that one night in two days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been watching 12 Monkeys. Couldn't get out uh, of it. Sorry. So thanks for listening, guys. This is our second uh, What's Up in Drama Land episode and we hope to bring new ones every month for you. Yes, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast network and follow us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. And email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. And uh, also go on over to our Patreon page for some extra content, um, outtakes from uh, our episodes, and even our planning notes for the yak. Nerd out people like us. So, see you next month, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.